Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome back to our Stanley on the North Bank podcast uh, from us here at Wales Online. Um, Matt Davis here. Um, firstly, uh, apologies for the, the lack of service over the last few weeks um, and a few issues, but that's all all sorted now. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by our new Swansea City correspondent, Ian Mitchellmore. Good afternoon, Mr Davis. How are you doing? Good, yes. Um, excellent to hear that you'll be our new correspondent at Liberty. Um, but it's not at the Liberty where we'll start. We'll start straight away at Villa Park. Um, I must admit that I thought that Graham Potter would pick a much changed side uh, for the FA Cup game to the extent where I wrote a whole article um, <laughs> with 11 changes I think to the starting um, starting team in fact he only made one change is that right? Yes I think that was right wasn't it? Yeah Baker Richardson coming in for McBurney obviously had the, he was one of many who caught the, the sickness bug at the, at the club and it was good really to um, to see uh, him pick um, a strong a strong team really I think that's pretty much what the, the fans wanted to see because if you look at the, the way that Swansea season is panning out they are unlikely to go down fingers crossed um, they're probably a little bit too far off the playoffs at the moment to mount a credible, credible charge but they're still obviously within within spitting distance but it was nice to see that he was taking the cup um it was giving it some a fair bit of priority, should we say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's, he's not yet named a, an unchanged team in the championship yet this season. I think he's only one of two managers not to do so. So, you know, there, there were over two thousand fans who made the journey up, and you know, it's, it's not the longest journey he'll make, but it's a, you know, it's an expense nevertheless. And they, you know, they, they were rewarded in the end with what was, in my opinion, the best performance, the most rounded performance of the whole season. You know, it's. Potter has mentioned a bit more recently that he wants that consistency and you know it's something that he's going to try and look at more in the second half of the season obviously in the first five six months it's been trial and error to an extent you know, he's trying to learn who's capable of what whose positions are aware yeah. you know, where can they perform so you know I think we will see a bit more consistency now and you know bearing in mind as well it was his first game managing in the FA Cup as well so it was a big day for him personally and um, you know credit to him he got his selection bang on really I think Gitto pointed out in his in his column um, last week, just before the game, that Swansea have often been guilty of almost throwing away this competition, the their chance in in knockouts. Especially, you can kind of understand it perhaps when you are a top flight uh, team struggling. That you will prioritise your your league future. But it was nice to see that um, uh, there was a strong team uh, put out against uh, Dean Smith's side. Um, I'm going to ask you now who. Obviously, you've seen Swansea play um, a fair bit already this season, but as someone coming in now, new, fresh pair of eyes, who's sort of really stood out for you so far this season before we go back and have a look at the Villa game particularly, who's who's really been your sort of standout before? Yeah, if, you, if you're asking me over the course of the season, I'd probably say the, the, the two standouts for me have been Connor Roberts, who's been a revelation and you know, has been the same with Wales as well. Yeah. Um, but the other one for me is Bursant Salina. I think he's been... 
probably he was probably the best of the the summer signings. Yeah, I think he, so. he, he does look a bit of a you know a cut above, and he's got that little um, what's the word the the the, the guile that maybe some others don't have. Yeah. And he's got a good great vision. You know his his range of passing is is absolutely wonderful and. He just seems that you know half a second ahead of other players on the pitch at times. You know, a championship level. Yeah, given uh, he's he's got that experience with with his time with Ipswich. So, yeah, I, you know, there's been some others as well. Van der Horn, I think, is really starting to deliver. But no, I'd, I'd have to pick Robertson. Um, Selina is the standout so far. I think Selina. It's quite clear that he is on a wavelength above the, some of the other players. He he does link up well with with his teammates, but you can tell that he's got that extra bit of extra bit of quality about him which obviously he's you know, he's, he's obviously capable of playing at the at a, at a high level and you think he's only going to going to improve um, I'd probably add uh, Matt Grimes into that list as well mm. who's been um, but there's been, been several yeah, hasn't there yeah, Oliver yeah. Burney as well he's, he's delivered after a, a loan spell at Barnsley as well so that there are you know, several that you could pick in there as well you know Martin Olsen before his injury Owen Mulder but I mean you know like I say, I think I think Roberts and Celine have been a, a cut above, probably. Yeah, fair enough. Um, if we then look at the the game at Villa Park in isolation, I think you picked out in your talking points that Leroy Fair had a good game. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a slight understatement. I, th- I thought he was excellent. It was um, comfortably his best performance of the season and potentially his best since he's been at Swansea. Was certainly one of. Um, and, you know, Graham Potter alluded to it after the game. You know, he had a. A, a, a horrendous injury last season, rupturing your Achilles tendon, and it's not you know you, you don't recover from them overnight, and and even when you are ready to get back on the yeah. pitch, you're not fully up to speed. So a bit of patience required, and you know I, I had read a few comments on the piece saying that you know that they were happy with him, but you know let's not get carried away, which I completely agree with because until he gets that level of consistency, we can't you know we don't want to wax lyrical about him too much, but we got to see what he was capable of, and it was it was um, a, a phenomenal performance. It's true. I mean, I think when he he made his his comeback, I think um, it was almost adrenaline that was getting him through for a few games. Um, he was excellent, but he did seem to tire quite um, quite quickly, and there was a, a, a dip in his form, um, especially. Um, I think if you look at the game up at um, up at Rotherham, there was there was um, he was. I wouldn't say he was a he was a a weak link in that game but there was definitely a, a slipping of his normally quite high standards mm. um, but yeah it was good to see him get back to somewhere near his somewhere near his best um, Courtney Baker Richardson he was the only change um, came in for McBurney who was suffering with this this virus that was going around at, at Fairwood mm. how did you how did you rate him? Yeah I thought he was impressive you know he he was in the right place for his goal early on. Got a bit bit of fortune with the way it went in. He managed to bundle it over in the end, but you know that comes from being in the right position in the first place. So, um, but I thought his hold up play, his link up play, he was it was a really intelligent display from someone so young and who hasn't had much football at that level. So, you know, I, I spoke to um, Graham Potter on at the press conference ahead of the the Preston game, um, and he was he was delighted with his contribution in that game. And you know, it's given that Bonnie and uh, McBurney weren't available who you know they will be available for the Preston game well it's, it's, it's certainly given Potter food for thought not just for that game but for the remaining months of the season as well so yeah he, he I, I really felt he delivered on on the game at Villa oh, initially when the team news came out just before the Villa game that Montero and Boney would miss the match I was initially 
bit disappointed really because I thought that was going to be an opportunity for them both to mm. to start that game maybe give well obviously McBurney was going to have a rest because he was obviously suffering from the same virus yeah. uh, I thought it was going to be an opportunity for them to get some much needed game time um, which they've struggled for um, and Boney just he needs that bit of confidence really and that only comes with playing games but it was good to see that uh, that Baker Richardson took took his chance, and as you say, he now could be the the bench option for for Potter for for the rest of the season, depending on what happens with Boney in terms of his future and his his fitness as well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it does hinge on what happens with with Wilf. You know, whether he's fit for a start. You know, does he play? And then if he is playing, is he contributing? Is it worth keeping? Or you know, is it still a case of? They need to offload, which you know probably is the case, yeah. given his, his his wage. You know he's he's the highest earner at the club, so it does hinge on that. But like you say, you know it, it's it's a great for somebody like Baker Richardson to, to get that opportunity at a time where, you know, he might not have had that chance a year. Well, he probably wouldn't have had that chance a year ago, would he? So, um, and he, he took it well. Fair play to him, and you know you can only credit him for that. Uh, one player we haven't seen for the last, well, I think it's near near enough three months now is is, is Tom Carroll. Um, uh, Graham Potter touched on um, we didn't necessarily just touch on it he went into some detail didn't mm, he on, he on did. Tom Carroll's um, injury problems over the last last three months um, if you quickly just give like a summary of what of what what Graham said at his press conference this afternoon yeah it's been it's been a bit of an odd one because you know we've not seen him since October and it is a hip injury so you know it's not something where you know he's you know a leg break or something that you'd expect to keep him out for a significant amount of time but Obviously, there has been problems, and, and Potter said, you know, um, at his press conference that he's had a few setbacks and returning to training, he's been delayed. Obviously, he was hoped that he'd have been back in training after the the whole game in mid December or just before Christmas. That didn't happen, but he, he now expects him to be back in training on Monday, the couple of days after the Preston game. So, fingers crossed, he's fit and firing, ready for towards the end of the month, and he could be an option to to come back into the squad towards the end of the month. And, have an impact over the next few months. It's fr- frustrating, really, for someone like Carroll, who had such a <clears> difficult <throat> season last year. Um, really, sort of suffered with his with his confidence, but seemed to initially in the first few games, at, at least, was was really starting to sort of get back into his stride. Um, and then for such a an injury to keep him out for for so long, which you say initially started as, as, as something that wasn't going to keep him out for too long, but uh, Potter said something about how complex the issue was, and it took quite a while for them to to fully diagnose what the specific issue was. Yeah, I mean, they said that there were complications in in finding out what the actual diagnosis was, and you know there, there was talk would he need surgery, and um, thankfully Graham Potter's confident that they did that's not going to be required. That they they have found a solution, and he's responded well to the treatment and. And it does look like he's going to be back up and running soon enough, which of course is a major plus for for him and for Swansea. But on on Carroll himself, I thought he, he did start the season well. Obviously, had a tough spell in the in the Premier League, particularly last season, as did many others. In fairness, um, but you know, I, I remember I think it was the, the the draw at Wigan earlier on in the season where he had a great first half and and then got forced off with injury in the second half there. So he's had some rotten luck, and you just hope that he can stay off the treatment table and. and you know, get a chance to prove his worth as he as he did for a, a few weeks in the opening uh, month. Sorry, of the campaign. Um, earlier on this week, uh, there was an injury update on the club website saying that the six players that missed the game at Villa will be back in the fold. So that's 
so I've got it. I think that's Boney, uh, Jeff, Carter Vickers, Joel Osorio, Declan John, and McBurney. Yeah. Um, we were chatting just before we came on on here about what we the sort of team we think you we'd see at, at, at Preston. Um, Preston, you know, pre- you know, not exactly doing pulling up trees themselves, but um, uh, Potter alluded to it in his uh, his press conference that the game against against the murder on the season, uh, the Liberty, uh, wasn't an easy one. They really had to battle that day. Um, it'd be interesting to see what sort of team he goes with. You think that the team that did so well at Villa would probably um, remain in place, plus McBurney coming in for. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot Baker Richardson. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yes. And, and um, grief, yeah. You know, you, you can't. You know, <laughs> I'd say you can't change things too much, but Potter's done it several times this season yeah. where you expect him to name a certain team, and That's all of a sudden true. there's three or four others in there. So. It's extremely difficult to keep. Um, yeah. To keep an eye on uh, on Potter's um, changing changing team and changing system yeah. as well. I mean, it certainly keeps the players and certainly keeps us on our toes as well. Um, I, I I think I like to touch on here the um, he took uh, Joe Roden, who's been a fantastic player so far this season. He took him out of the firing line for a couple of games earlier earlier on. Um, probably towards the end of last month and I and brought in Cameron Carter Vickers who to be fair hasn't put a foot wrong whenever he's been called upon and I think that was really beneficial for, for Rome just to take him out of the the um, the spotlight just for a couple of weeks just to get some rest you know the, he is only 20 yeah and having that many that many games that they come thick and fast uh, I think that was quite quite good man management on, from Potter absolutely I mean you know, to an extent you might say he hasn't got much choice but to do that because you, you can't risk these players of having you know getting burnout bearing in mind it's it's his first full season that you know it's the highest level he's played you could say the same of others like you know McBurney um, Connor Roberts you know it's the case with a few players and you know it's a championship season some of these players are playing international football already as well and you know Roden is probably one of those who will be in the near future as well so they, they have to be managed you know because they're still learning as well. They're very young players, and you know it's it's easy to expect a lot of them week in week out when you've yeah. seen what they're capable of. But you know they've got to be given that time to keep learning, and they're going to make mistakes, make mistakes as well. So they need to be given that time. And you know sometimes the, the odd game here out there every so often can be the perfect tonic, as we've seen. I thought he was excellent against Villa. Uh, Joe Rogan seems to be forming a really good partnership with Mike Van der Horn, who he spoke to me after the um, Villa game, saying you know he's he's been an absolute leader off the pitch and he's passed on so much good advice to him so that there's a really a, a good trust and a good partnership developing between those two there. There's a school of thought that maybe that, that Van der Horn should be should be the skipper the way that he's played with authority, that he's led by example. He hasn't quite got the same um, you know, fair coming back from a lot from a long term injury. I know that uh, Van der Horn sort of stood in for fair when mm-hmm. he wasn't wasn't available. But it's good I suppose they've got two can we call um, Van der Horn a senior player? I suppose we do compared to the others. Yeah, you know, you have to be, don't you? Yeah. yeah, but it's good that they've got two senior players there who have who have played uh, at the, the, high, the highest level and are um, well. They lead by lead by example on on the pitch um, and excellent for someone like Roden to play alongside 
Yeah, it really is. Him. Yeah, you, you can never have enough leaders in your team. You know, it doesn't matter how many you've got that are capable of. You don't have to have the armband to be a leader in the team. Ultimately, do you? so. You know, I, I understand why Furs got it. You know, you look at what he's done. You know, he's international caps as well. So you you'd look to someone like him, and he did lead by example last time out. But Van der Horn, I think he's had a, a very solid season. Who, you know, Roden's going to learn so much off him over the next few months, and you know, during the course of his career with with him while he's at Swansea or yeah. while they're both at Swansea together. Um, but like I say, yeah, it comes back to that point. You know, you want leaders all over the park, and someone like Van der Horn, he clearly doesn't need the armband and. You know, you've got that opportunity to give it to him when Fur perhaps is taken out of the firing line, when he's you know not quite been able to play week in week out, or you know Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So we'll see that. We've seen it already, and we'll continue to see it over the course of the season. I think, and it can only be a big plus for Graham Potter. Absolutely. Um, we obviously are in January. The transfer window is is open, but it hasn't been particularly um, busy so far well it hasn't been busy so far really across across the board but for Swansea especially even Potter said in his press conference this afternoon that it has been uh, has been quiet hasn't it he's not been yeah he's not wrong um, you know, it's been deathly quiet for, for the opening 10 days or 11 days whatever it is now um, but I think th- the way he's been talking you know there's certain players who may not feel they're getting enough game time or you know, aren't you know, aren't where they want to be really they want to be playing week in week out and getting more minutes so um, he, he's you know, he said on numerous occasions now that he's happy to discuss things with them and if certain offers come in you know they'll they'll listen and they'll they'll see what's what and what's best for the club but until those offers come in or anything else happens you know he's, he's got to just take what he's got and, and go from there you know he, he said today everyone who's at the, the squad is available for selection as long as they are fit and firing so you, know, you can't instantly say anyone's in the team, yeah. but likewise you can't say they're going either. So I think it's just a case of, you know, bottom line is it's looking increasingly like thing, things are going to go down, if not to the last week, down to the wire, maybe even the last day or two. So I think it's just, you know, need a bit of patience and it is frustrating for the fans. I fully understand those frustrations as well, but, um, you know, Potter's clearly working hard, but, you know, it's just it's just not quite happening at the moment. Uh, this this is a, this is a hangover really. It's left over from the summer when there was a um, when Swansea were left with a with a threadbare squad. Um, the fact that they are anywhere near the playoffs um, is testament really to what a good job um, Graham Potter has done. Um, with Martin Olsen out for the rest of the season now, it leaves them with with Declan John and. Matt Grimes, I suppose, there's options at left back. Although Con Roberts and Carl Norton have have been deployed there, um, you think then Declan John really hasn't sort of nailed down that position. Uh, mm. Matt Grimes is better as a midfielder, and then you've got a, you know right backs playing in a left back slot, which isn't again ideal. Uh, a left back would, in an ideal world, be on their agenda. Um, they've been linked with a Belgian. Um, Right back, uh, Timothy Castagne. Castagne, yeah, you pronounce it. I hope. Um, sorry to our Belgian followers there. Um, which it doesn't really make much sense that one for me. Um, if indeed he is, perhaps he is a he's billed as a right back. Perhaps he's more of a utility man. Um, but to spend, I think they 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 wanting they want about six million euros for him. I think that would, you know, in a position where Swansea are already well stocked, it doesn't really make that much sense. But a defender or certainly a utility fullback would be 
would be would be handy for them. Um, I do feel that another midfielder would be would be good, especially um, they have been missing not necessarily Tom Carroll, but missing missing a body in in that engine room, mm, and they've massively struggled for goals. You know they've they have when they've when they've created chances they've been guilty of not not taking them. Um, but Bernie can't do it on his own. Um, he works extremely hard and he's involved in a lot of the build-up play. But I don't think that he can shoulder that burden by himself. And unfortunately, I don't think that that Bernie can be relied upon in terms of his in terms of his fitness. And also, there are questions over whether he'll be here come January thirty-first. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've covered fair few bases there that are probably the priorities but I mean I, th- I think it goes without saying a lot of it does hinge on Bonnie but the striker situation is probably the most crucial because you know at the moment heaven forbid if anything happens to McBurney or if he has a, an injury or anything like that where does it leave him because can you rely like you said you, I'm not sure you can rely on Wilfred Bonnie to be fit even if he is still at the club and you know he, he may even depart this month so you know, it, it's it's um, a risky situation. You know, yes, we've 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 praised Baker Richardson, but again, can he deliver that week in week out? It's it would be a tough ask if he was forced into. Yeah, so. he's to, he's really raw as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I don't think we can you can talk about <clears throat> him leading the line mm. twice a week for the yeah. rest of the season. I don't. I I just don't think that he's not quite there yet. Not um, at all. No. And I'd have reservations about asking Boney to do that. I said until until the end of end of the season. Um, whether we are going to see a striker, I mean, they've been linked, or that has not necessarily come from the Swansea end, but with linked with um, Air United's Lawrence Shankland, who um, it seems to be that from his manager's comments on um, Air's website this afternoon suggests that he's not going to be going anywhere. Um, any deal. Um, Ian McCall said that uh, would would mean that he'd be loaned straight back to um, to air for the rest of the season. So it doesn't look like that deal is going to happen. It may, obviously, it may 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 happen if Swansea were to uh, perhaps make a a, a financial offer uh, that would exceed what Air would were, were asking for. Um, it's linked with Nelson Oliveira now. Nelson Oliveira is pretty linked, pretty much. Every every transfer window, and he's a firm favourite of of the chairman. Um, speaking to people at the Norwich end, it's be it's simply a case of Norwich sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring because they are extremely keen to get him off the books at at, at Carrow Road. It's whether they can actually any team can persuade Oliveira to join them. I mean, Swansea have had links with him for at least three or four windows really uh, whether that will come to fruition who knows as Potter says it's been incredibly quiet and we have uh, at least another 20 days of this yeah it's going it to might be quite a long 20 days I'm afraid um, but you know on the Oliveira situation he's he's not getting much of a look in at, um, well he's not getting any look in at no, all exactly Absolutely yeah. so, he know, hasn't played any football which is it should be another reservation if you think, well, he's, I think he's had um, a few games for their under-23 side mm. um, in terms of, is he going to be match fit? Um, there's question marks over attitude as well. Was he, you know, it, I, I thought there's been a debate on, <coughs> online about whether he would he would improve Swansea. A, a few people have, 
have said he would and you know in some ways you've got to be inclined to agree because if you're bringing in more firepower that is whoever it is it's going to be a bonus because you are obviously increasing your chances of 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 getting of getting a goal but it's that lift as well in the dressing yeah. room and competition for places as well you know but then again you know does that risk outweigh the you know the reward perhaps because is he going to deliver what they you know what what sort of fee would he command and you know he's, like you say he's been he's been out of favour can't even say he's been out of form because he's not been playing enough yeah. so you know and, and with, with good reason as well because Norwich have had a great season so far so you know it's it's, it's not like he can have too many complaints because yeah. whatever Daniel Fark and the others are doing down in uh, at Carrow Road it, it's, it's working for them so um, you know there's, there's there's a big thing to weigh up there if, if, if the Swans are you know genuinely interested in Nelson Oliveira uh, in terms of outgoings we've touched on Boney it's, it's I don't think it's any secret that if Swansea were to uh, have interest or, or receive interest from it's, it's more than likely going to be a, a team in, in Turkey or perhaps maybe in the Middle East because they're the only ones that really could perhaps uh, get anywhere near his wages that they'd, that they'd listen to that because the fact that he is he is the highest earner by, by some distance at the club and for a team in the championship for a player to be earning six figures is not far off crippling I can imagine yeah I mean I, I think you're right to say you know you're looking certainly abroad maybe you know the, the Chinese market or somewhere like that where you know money doesn't seem to be much of a problem yeah. at, at the moment um, but you know John Hartson gave some quote I think it was only last week where he he said he'd love to see Wilfred Bonny at his former club Celtic um, but even then that would have come with complications because you know as big a club as they are you know even they couldn't have afforded those type of wages so that just sums up how difficult this window is, and you know he's on even Premier League clubs yeah. couldn't afford his wage. You know, I mean, you League know not many not many teams want to take the risk on a on a, on a player who's got you know a, a difficult injury record and mm. is not getting any any younger. Um, in terms of, uh, I think if you would have gone back maybe a month or maybe just over a month ago, you'd have said that Nathan Dyer and. And Wayne Routledge will probably be moving on this month, but I th- you know there's been a bit of a a significant turnaround there for their fortunes, and and to, and, and to be fair, especially in Routledge's cases, he's been in 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 superb form. And you don't think that those two are going to be going anywhere now? Yeah, credit credit to them. I mean, you know, they were two of the probably the four that you'd expect you to certainly be likely to leave this month, along with um, Wilfred Bonny and Luciano Narsingh. But the way they've come back into the squad, you know, they they played it. Massive part in that win against Brentford yeah. in December, and since then they, you know they've had you know the Sheffield Wednesday win, um, Nathan Dyer scoring on um, I think it was his first goal in about a year or something like that against uh, Villa in the cup. So and it's not just that, but you know, the the experience they're helping those yeah. young ones in the squad as well, and, and Potter's alluded to that on numerous occasions. So you know it, it's it could be that time where it gives some of the other players and perhaps some more fringe players the chance to. You know, have that breather and, and continue to develop and learn off those who have been there and done it for several years. So, yeah, it it does look increasingly likely that they will stay and not just stay, but have, have um, quite a big part to play as well. Yeah, I mean, credit as you say, credit where it's due because they've mm. been written off, you know, even by by us in in in, in the media. So it's 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 good to see and it's you know they've they've really um, sort of proved some of the 
some of the data is wrong and, and that's to and hopefully to, to Swansea's benefit as well mm. um, you mentioned Narsing there um, he was um, was he named on the bench he was he yeah he did, didn't come off the bench didn't off the bench Villa. still going to find it hard for him I think to to come back into into the reckoning never say never because obviously you just looked at we just talked about Routledge and Dyer but I do find I do think that's maybe going to be one one step too one step too far considering Swansea is so blessed in those wide areas it does seem to be the case I mean you know we mentioned Routledge and Dyer then you've got Montero when he's fit you know we, we all know what he's capable of um, Daniel Dan James, James obviously he's had his injury problem but it's nice to see him back you know obviously he came on at the weekend against Villa as well so you know and he's had he had a great spell before his injury yeah. so you know and then you know Joel Lasoro is another one we've not seen much of him but there's so many options there. Brian McKay as well he's, yeah, he can play exactly. wide and, and Conor Roberts has obviously played wide as well so you know yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm finding it hard to see to see Narsing back in the uh, back in the fold but um, I'm sure obviously we'll, we'll keep everyone up to date really on um what happens this month in terms of uh, in terms of transfers? Um, yeah, so Preston this weekend, um, you'll be going. Certainly will. Yeah, Looking my old stomping ground. Still up in Uclan in Preston, so it'll be uh, good to get back up there again. Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, enjoy the trip. Um, I'm sure we'll have um, plenty of reaction upon uh, upon Wales Online over the weekend on Saturday night and on on Sunday, and we'll be back with the podcast um, this time next week. Okay. Cheers all. Cheers. All the best.